We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by an old friend and somebody that I've known for a very, very long time now, an ESPN NFL draft analyst, Matt Miller. Matt, how goes it, my man? Well, you just called me old, so I'm not sure, right? <laughs> God. We're, we are old. We are. Old. We, are we are old. I, I was trying to think the other day how long we've actually known each other. It's probably a decade now. So <laughs> we are old indeed. And I'm still getting used to, this is not a, I know I'm known for the humble brag. This isn't one. I'm still getting used to the the letters after when people say my name, they've changed, yep. right? It used to be for a decade, it was Bleacher Report. Now it's ESPN. So I'm still, you know, like when you left the Chiefs, I'm sure it sounded different to you. Anytime someone, you know, formally introduced you, it's like, oh, BJ yep. Kissel, KC Sportsnet. It's not BJ Kissel, Kansas City Chiefs. It's an adjustment period, but. Long, yep. long way to say I'm doing great, and it's good to be on with you. I'm sure you're running into this. I still run into people who still think I work for the Chiefs. <laughs> like, they just kind of recognize me. I'm sure it'll be the same yeah. with you when you go. And I'm excited about the show because I want to talk to you about the Combine. I didn't get a chance to go. I didn't get a chance to go to Prime with you uh, for the first time, it seems like, in a very long time. Yeah, but you missed out. I want to talk about yeah. yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Russell Wilson coming in the division. I want to talk about Tyron Matthew. Uh, Chiefs free agency, all that stuff, because I know you're not too far outside of Kansas City. Uh, I got your your uh, finger on the pulse of everything. And then I want to talk a little bit about Christian Watson, uh, the wide receiver to North Dakota State. We actually had um, we had plugged your your NFL or your mock draft pick. Uh, we had yeah. talked about it last night on our live show. But um, yeah, no problem. But yeah, I, it's funny. And I had texted you this the other day and I wasn't going to bring this up, but we've known each other we a decade now. We figured out. It's really cool for me to see the tweets and then like the shots. I'm sitting, you know, at the, the kingdom bar down the street from my house and I look up and I see you on TV and I'd always take pictures. But seeing you next to Mel Kuyper, just because of your history and how you got started and kind of knowing the back side of that, like it's just cool for me personally to see where you're at. And I've seen you on TV and like all that stuff, but next to Mel Kuyper, because I know that was your guy. Uh, it's yeah. just really cool for me if somebody that's watched you kind of blossom and kind of create your own way in this space. It's weird for me. Like, I mean, it's it's really <laughs> weird for me. And I think, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, don't get to know, you know, guys like Mel or, or Todd McShay or Field Yates. And they've been amazing, you know, to me over the last year. And so, like, to, you get to the point where you consider them your friend, you know, or even Adam Schefter has been incredibly helpful over the last years. I've just tried to, you know, 
ESPN's a huge company, right? So just trying mm-hmm. to kind of figure out the dynamics there. It's been amazing. And it is, it gets weird for me, you know, and I, I hope a lot of your readers and viewers, you know, I feel like they know me, you know, from, from us doing stuff together over the years and, and being somewhat mm-hmm. local is that like, it really is a dream come true. And I, I think about that every day. It's like, you, it's very hard to have a bad day at work when you get to wake up and you, from the time I was six years old, like this is what I wanted to do and be. And, and it's a much longer show at some point to walk through, you know, what it, yeah. it, it kind of took to get to that point. And my big thing, and you know, this about me, is like, I don't consider myself done yet. Like this isn't, yeah. th- this isn't the peak of the mountain. I'm 38. I'm still pretty young for this industry. So, uh, so hopefully there's, there's still a lot of work left to be done. Yeah, I think I want to make sure that anybody listening, because obviously they they listen to the show, they know that you've been interviewing you for a decade, and literally you were the one who brought me over to to Bleacher Report. We talked about this. You brought me over to Bleacher Report. You vouched for me. It led to the Rob Haran story, and I've told this about a billion times. And that that story helped me get that Chiefs job. So when people hear us talking about this and they think it's humble brag of an ESPN guy and a former Chiefs guy. We're two guys that I was blogging, needed an opportunity. You had just started. You were doing this not quite full-time. You had different things going on. Uh, We've known each other a long time throughout this business, so I'm not looking at you as the ESPN guy. I'm looking at the guy that my wife and I went down to Joplin, hang out with you on your birthday, and have watched you grind your ass off. You've me through two wives. That's how long we've known each other, right? You know me longer than my, you know, my son's eight. So like we've known each other a long time. And and it, it goes both ways. Like I've seen, you know, you work your ass off from being, you know, probably a free writer at SB Nation to Bleacher Report to the yeah. Chiefs to now doing your own thing. So a lot of mutual admiration here. Nobody wants to hear, hear us wax poetic on each other. If they do, we can do a whole show about that because <laughs> I have so much respect for people. And it's not just us. Anybody who goes through this business that, that figures out a way to make it in a non-traditional way. Uh, you got to right. love what you do. It's not about trying to get something out of it. And I've t- that's the advice to anybody. If you're trying to do media with the goal of getting something out of it, like it's never going to work for you because of the amount of time, effort, and just trial and error you have to go through. But another I show, could, another time. One but, more thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep you on this. One thing I tell people all the time is like for you, like you said, I vouch for you. And mm-hmm. I'm, that mattered at Bleacher Report. Wouldn't have mattered if you couldn't write. You know, or like um, my younger brother, Mello, what, he was teaching, didn't really like it and was working part time in Bleacher Report. And he's like, hey, I, I want to move into media full time. I can vouch for him all day, but if he's not good, it doesn't matter. Right. And so um, I think that's where a lot of it comes from is when you see people that are non-traditional, right, didn't go to journalism, right, none of those things. It's just you just kind of work your tail off to get where you're at. Absolutely. At- like I said, we'll we'll do another show later into the offseason. We get really into the depths of the offseason. Right. We can talk about this. Show. I want to ask about the combine. Uh, it was in the headlines. There's a lot going on, a lot of chatter about moving the combine to somewhere else. And somebody who's been at the combine for a long time uh, and sees the value in it and both what you see on TV, but then also what goes on behind the scenes in Indy. Uh, just what are your initial thoughts and what were your takeaways from the combine this year, just from a high level? Yeah, from a high level, it, it was tough this year. I'm going to be honest with you. We had a lot of players not participate. I mean, record number of players did not participate. We didn't have a single running back do their agilities, right? They didn't do short shuttle. <laughs> they didn't do three cone. It's like, what is going on here? The other side of it is, and I feel I'm very conflicted about this because I, I have been in this industry a long time, and the value of the combine, you guys hear this all the time, it's medicals, it's interviews, then it's the yeah. workouts, right? But being someone in this industry, especially now someone who's front-facing in this industry, I directly benefit 
from the combine being on TV and more people being interested in the NFL draft, right? So you're, you're kind of torn yeah. on this. I think that the NFL making the decision to put the combine in the primetime spotlight, you know, workouts in the evening, I think it has hurt the combine. Now, yeah. it, it's not a decision that necessarily has to be reversed, but I think the NFL needs to work with the NFS, which runs the combine. They need to work with players and agents and trainers and NFL personnel to figure out a better system. We can't have running backs not running agilities because they ran out of time. Like that's not acceptable. And so, yeah. yes, we understand you want the 40 in prime time, but there's got to be a better way, right? Whether that means starting it earlier so that it's, hey, yeah, at seven o'clock Eastern time, these guys are running their 40s, but they've done their agilities beforehand and you've taped it and you can run it, right? You can show it. Yeah. But maybe, you know, make this an event where it's, you know, live to tape as, you know, we, love to say in this business where you, some of us live, some of us taped and, and you can then cut that up and run it however you want, but something has to change, you know, to where the, the combine, the importance of it is to get those numbers for comparative analysis is to get numbers for historical analysis, but also yeah. to understand who these players are as people, as, as football players and their medical history. So something has to be adjusted. And I've even been told that the ratings weren't even that good this year. So hopefully hmm. the NFL does look at it and say, all right, we this event will live on TV from now on, right? Yeah. That, that bridge has been crossed. But let's try to make it number one a better show on TV, and then secondarily, let's make it a better event for the players so they are incentivized to work out. Whether that means paying them, which I, I know there's a, a big push for that, or finding other ways that hey, let's make this a better day for you to where you're not on the field for seven hours and then asked to run a short shuttle, which is just not good for anyone, right? Uh, yeah. Especially when so much it hinges on that number that players are putting out. Yeah, and I think you saw, uh, for anyone who's on social media, spends any time on social, you saw a lot of trainers and a lot of people in this industry who spend Absolutely. you know, the better part of their lives getting players to be prepared to go do drills that are archaic, that could injure players that don't seem to have a lot of value in an evaluation. But it's also, to your point, historical data that they have to compare to to see yep. their checkpoints and I'm sure every team's a little bit different and I've only been around one. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how that all happens. But I, good friend, I know, you know, Aaron Borgman as well. And every time the combine is brought up, I'm glad you brought up medicals because from a casual fan perspective, it's not seen as important of the combine. And it's literally the only the point. Absolutely most important. And it's the, the reason it's stayed in Indy, right? And that's the other yeah. big thing. And that's why You're I don't think it, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It's like, oh, we're going to move it to Dallas or move it to L.A. And like selfishly, like, cool, because this was the first time I've ever been in a combine and not froze my ass off. Right. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> let's move this somewhere warmer. But it doesn't really work logis logistically. Indy is very well equipped because of you know how close the, the hospitals are and also because mm -hmm. of the fiber technology running into Lucas Oil Stadium where you can do 335 MRIs in four days. Right. You can't do that yeah. anywhere else. And I, a lot of people pop off and be like, it's L.A. They have all these hospitals. They do. They're not a one mile radius. Right. They're spread yeah. out over four hours of traffic. So that's yeah. what I think what people miss is, yes, there are a lot of hospitals in Dallas. There are a lot of hospitals in Los Angeles. They're not centrally located like they are in Indianapolis, where you have that ability to, to run 335 MRIs in four days and all the other tests that go into it while also being a walkable city. You know, yeah. I mean, Going from Indy, where you've been there, BJ, where there and people, even if you've just visited there, there are 45 hotels in a one mile radius, right? And there's and like a, a million it, restaurants and bars. 
and they're all connected. I don't know who the city manager right. is of Indianapolis, but they should be in charge of like the world because mm-hmm. yeah, it is I mean, honestly, logistically like planning. Yeah, go to yeah. go to Indy. Yeah. Perfect. Like yeah, it, and, it's exactly the way it should be. Even for like for Chiefs fans who get so pissed off that you know why don't we have a Super Bowl? You don't have enough hotels, number one, right? And yeah. even though Kansas City is somewhat walkable downtown, it's still very spread out, right? I mean, even yeah. from the stadium to downtown is, is pretty spread out. And so with Indy, everything being right there, it's great for the players. It's, it's great for, you know, us in the media. It's great for NFL teams. I will be sad if it moves because of that aspect of it. Of It's going to make everyone's job a little bit harder. And it's just it's players are not going to want to sit in buses in, in LA traffic if they're being yep. shuttled out to SoFi Stadium where there is not the infrastructure right now to run something like the combine. But if you have this huge NFL network campus and you, you want to bring everybody to LA and show it off for monetary Absolutely. reasons, but to, to your point, I think the first question that's asked is okay, how do we do 335 MRIs in four days without yep. having all of these medical staffs having to be on buses and be all over the place? Um, and then I think that's probably the big thing that has to get fixed because on the other side, like the, the player interviews like that, I think, I mean, you could figure out other ways to do that. And by the time you get to the combine, yeah. at least from a media perspective, that's why I always liked some of the pre-draft things. I went to the shrine bowl this year, had some great access with our good friend, Eric went to the mm-hmm. senior bowl for all the years before that. Uh, and they're not quite as coached up <laughs> media wise. Oh, so you can talk to you get them a month before you, the combine. You're getting real answers. Yeah. yeah without a doubt. And then you yeah. get to the combine and it's like, Hey, I'm just here to contribute. I'm like, you aren't even here yet. <laughs> like you don't I'm even sure know where you're going. Just, yeah. Exactly. All right, let's move on because the, the AFC West made headlines yesterday by, and I saw the tweets and as obviously somebody's a diehard Chiefs fan, it's Patrick Mahomes, greatest player in history. And I know you probably agree uh, to put words in your mouth. Maybe not but yet in history. <laughs> he's on he's his had way. the greatest start. He's the trajectory is better than anyone we've ever, we've ever I'm seen. I'm with you. Now we're on the same page. But you've got four legitimate, like top half of the league quarterbacks, probably three in the top 10 pretty easily yeah. now within one division with Russell Wilson coming over from Seattle. Uh, for somebody who's plugged in and knows a lot of the, the players involved and the, the agents and the all the personalities and everything, what was your initial reaction when, A, you see Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay and then Chiefs fans got about 30 minutes to get their shots off making front of Denver for not having a quarterback. <laughs> it comes out that they get Russell Wilson. So what was your reaction when you saw it? Yeah, the Rodgers thing did not surprise me. I was telling people last week, one of my best friends is a Packers fan. He was freaking out. I was like, hey, Rodgers is staying. That's what everyone in Indy was saying. Like everyone in Indy was like, Rogers is going to stay. He just needs his ego petted a little bit. He'll be back. Right. And it's like, okay, the, the Russell Wilson trade surprised me because I heard Pete Carroll say, we have no interest in trading Russell Wilson. He said that on like Wednesday. Right. And so here we are not even a week later and they trade a Russell Wilson, which just goes to show you like, don't believe a word those guys say in their press conferences because it's (laughs) all a lie. None of it matters, but it, it is it allows people to pop off on Twitter. So I'm excited as someone who is, you know, local. I, I go to a ton of Chiefs games. I'm excited to see Russell Wilson. I'm excited to see, you know, the improvement of, of Justin Herbert. I'm excited to see what the Raiders put around Derek Carr. And, you know, I I live in a family full of Chiefs fans, despite not being one. I just love mm-hmm. that competition. Like being able to see, you know, Buffalo play Kansas City twice this past year. Those were great games, you know. You don't see Kansas mm-hmm. City and Cincinnati. That was a great game. It's like I selfishly just want more of those moments in Arrowhead, you know, surrounded by friends and family where you're you get an opportunity to see the best of the best. And I think for Chiefs fans, 
it's going to be a, a tough, tougher road to that number one yeah. seed or a tougher road to the playoffs. But you kind of want that. You want to go into the playoffs battle tested. If you make it out of that division, the road to the Super Bowl is, I mean, you're not going to face that many better teams. You could argue Buffalo, if you believe Cincinnati's got the goods to get back next year. But if you can make it out of the West, I mean, you're, you're set up right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think I had the same reaction. I don't know if it's entitlement. I've tried wrestling this with myself. I'm not not worried, and it's not overconfidence and be like, well, the Chiefs are going to win anyway. It's just like, this is good football, and I still yeah, think we're the right? better team, and it's going to be awesome. Like, I don't want to go play a bunch of like 50 to nothing. Like That's just not fun to watch those. You, you get you Russell Wilson. quarterback who thrives off of negativity almost, you know, or doubt. Oh, yeah. And so – I know that he's got posters (laughs) somewhere, people saying Justin Herbert's better than him or Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are better than him. And now just even that fight to win the West is going to be amazing. And I think I would look at it that way of, okay, 15 is going to be pissed. This is great news for us as a Chiefs fan. And, you know, I people get mad at me when I say this. I said it on, uh, I think it was NFL Live last week. Chiefs need to give Pat more help. He needs more weapons. And people outside of Kansas City – I don't know how they misinterpret what I'm saying when I say this, but I think that's, you know, you look at, okay, now Denver has some very good receivers and a quarterback that can actually get the ball to them. Kansas city has the greatest quarterback in the league, the Riggs tight end in the league, one of the best receivers in the league. They still have to keep loading up. Cincinnati's got three great receivers. Denver's got, you know, three very good receivers. Buffalo's got two really good ones. They're probably going to add another. So, you know, it's it's time to be aggressive for Veach and, and Reed to, Give Pat more weapons. I think it's fair to say, having both of us know Brett a little bit, that uh, I don't think Brett's ever not going to have Patrick have what he needs, at least on paper. He's going to do his part. You got to stay healthy and all of those things. But I feel, you know, Brett's not going to let Patrick want for talent on his side of the football. You know, Travis is 33 or will be 33 really soon. I think Tyreek just turned 29. These guys aren't young yeah. anymore. And so it's not even a knock about how great Travis and Tyreek are. It's that, that Pat is signed for 10 more years, right? It's like, yeah. you're not going to have Travis until he's 43. Like, you have to eventually find a replacement. And you're not going to have Tyreek till he's 39. You're eventually going to have to find a replacement. Yeah. So I, it's just smart football to, to keep turning the, the roster, especially the skill positions where – traditionally 30 years old is a, a mark for wide receivers. It's very rare for yeah. them to play well over age 30. So it's, it's something that you have to start thinking about. Curious to see how Tyreek's game translates. 
as well because you've been around him like that guy's muscle he just wound so tight that yep. even when he starts to lose a step he's still going to be plenty if he lost a step he's athletic. still the guy in the NFL right yeah. so it's probably he's still be okay. a weapon and I still think Travis's game depending upon his body and how long he wants to play I, I think his yep. game translates well just for how he reads defenses the leverages and the way that he runs his routes and all that kind of stuff we watched the Antonio Gates run out there and I'm pretty sure I'm as fast as Antonio Gates was his he last year in the league but he got up at the end you know like, yeah. but if you're smart at tight end you can read zones you can body, you know, position yourself. And when you have the trust of the quarterback, it's all that matters. But I'll say this off topic, like late season, regular season, I was kind of like, man, Kelsey might be getting a little cooked. Like I haven't really seen that many explosive plays. Here come the playoffs. And my dude just <laughs> taken off, outrunning people. I'm like, well, glad I only said that take, you know, to a couple people in the stadium and now to a podcast full of Chiefs fans. But uh, it's always good when you start to think like, oh man, maybe this guy's slowing down. And then, nope, they've still got it. That's a tough SOB. I guess yes. that's what I'll say. Yes, All those yes. guys to play through everything they do. But uh, you bring up a great point in, you know, those guys and the kind of the nucleus, especially on the offensive side, getting older. We saw the nucleus on the defensive side of the ball get older. They still have to make moves that seem like they're impending almost. We're just kind of waiting for them to happen. Tyron Matthew yeah. testing free agency. I don't, I can't think of a scenario in which a player has been allowed to go test free agency in this situation that then ended up going back to the same team. So right. I know that there's that thought out there, but. Uh, on that side of the ball, you're looking at Tyron Matthew, Anthony Hitchens already released, Frank Clark's got his contract situation. There's a huge nucleus on that side of the ball, and the Chiefs are going to have some money. So you look at Brett Veach in this Chiefs offseason, and it's not you know, exaggerating to say that the potential dynasty and multiple Super Bowls and all those things for Patrick Mahomes kind of comes down in a lot of ways to the big moves that are made and the big contracts that are given out this offseason, which is going to be through the heart of Patrick Mahomes prime in the middle of his career. So with the chiefs having quite a bit of cap space and those losses on the defensive side of the ball with the leadership, in addition to a wide receiver, which they're going to add a wide, some sort of Absolutely. wide receiver that we all know, uh, if not two of them. Um, but what do you see as far as free agency and just the, the opportunity that Brett Veach and the chiefs have to set themselves up for a dynasty type run. I hate using that word because it just triggers everybody, but right. sustained success throughout Patrick Mahomes' prime. No, I, I think you're very right. He is hitting that that you know late 20s stretch where you wanna you wanna get the best around him. And I, I think I look at the defense a lot like I looked at the offensive line last year, where it's like, okay, we know what changes need to be made. We know things need retooled. And you mentioned, you know, Frank and Tyran. I don't think either player will be back next year. But I, I think they've set this up where they do have the cap space to go be aggressive and free agency and almost, quote unquote, buy your defense a little bit. I think trusting Spags to say this is the type of player I need, um, whether that's a, you know, a, a kind of a slot safety to replace Honey Badger, a pass rusher to replace Frank Clark. A linebacker, I don't worry about replacing Anthony Hitchens. You've spent two second round picks on Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. I, I think you're OK there. But I, I would expect, you know, defensive tackle is a sneaky need as well. A couple of guys leaving there. So, you know, we all expect them to go wide receiver at pick 30. I have to remember they have, you know, a, a one second, two thirds because of Ryan Poles going to Chicago. So they do have a little more draft capital than we're used to seeing as well to where they could potentially, you know, draft the defensive end in the second round. It's a really deep group. They could draft a, a corner or a, a safety in the third round. I think, you know, a player that a lot hinges on, which I think people would have scoffed at a year ago is what does Ward do? Does he come back? It's what kind of yeah. money is he going to get on the open market? Because if Ward leaves, you know, you're looking at 
replacing two starters in the secondary and, and two very important starters in the secondary. So I, I think, you know, I said this last offseason and people got really mad at me was that the Chiefs roster is not as secure as people think. You know, you have your cornerstones, and, and but around those four-star players, there, there's going to be a lot of revolving doors, and there's, there's a lot of pressure on this front office to not only hit in the draft, but to hit in free agency and continue to find guys like Legereus Sneed and, and Creed Humphrey yep. and, you know, to find, you know, starters outside the first round. Trey Smith is a great example of that. Uh, of, this is another year where Ravich and his crew really have to hit on – you know, mid round and day three picks. I brought this up and I'm asking you because I know that you, like I said, you've got your ear to the ground and you know, kind of the personalities beyond just watching tape on guys. You talk to people that know the players and their personalities and how they are. Is I've been making this point all off season that, you know, it's, you know, the business of the NFL, there's guys who are going to come, they're going to go. And when you lose Anthony Hitchens, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew, it's not just the leadership, the veteran, all those cliche people yeah. roll their eyes and they hear me talk about it. Those three guys have completely different personalities and we're all completely different kinds of leaders that were very necessary inside of any room for any team. Like it doesn't matter if you're a high school football team, you need guys like yeah. Anthony Hitchens that just do everything the right way. They keep their mouth. Sh- like for the most part, he just doesn't say a lot, keeps his mouth shut and just does everything. He's the example. He always has the yes. right answer. If you yeah. ever have any questions, you need something, you go to hitch and he'll take care of you. Tyron, things are going bad. He's going to get everyone to shut the hell up. Like he's an alpha amongst alphas. And Frank was the crazy one who's going to play through everything. And you're never going to question his desire to go out there and play. And I know that from personal experience. So I, those three things you can't, you have to replace. And a lot of people I see on social media and I try not to get triggered and like, this is your Tyron Matthew replacement. Uh, and no, it's like no. on the field, fine, yeah. but don't diminish what that means in an NFL locker room with those egos and those personalities to have somebody that can stand up and kind of wear it publicly the way that he did, which is valuable um, inside an actual locker, but the dynamics that actually are real. And then somebody that can check a teammate, check a coach. That's a very, very tricky thing to find. And it's not just go take Jalen Petrie and he's going to be Tyron's personality is a personality. It's a personality type thing. So my question for you is, I'm not going to say who's the next Tyron Matthew in that regard. Cause that's not fair to, it's like comparing somebody to Aaron Donald on the field. Like just don't yeah. do that. But from a leadership standpoint, who are some of the players that carry those characteristics of a Tyron Matthew where three, four years down the road, he could be somebody you would consider a leader of a defense. Yeah. I think Daxton Hill, you know, and, and you mentioned a lot of say, Oh, here's your honey badger replacement. I think people say that in terms of scheme fit and, and athleticism, mm-hmm. what he brings to the table. But I also think from a leadership perspective, like the Michigan coaches just rave about him. Christian Harris, who's a linebacker from Alabama. Again, linebacker is mm-hmm. probably not an area that's going to be drafted early, but you know, he's definitely someone that, that if Nick Saban trusts you, I usually tend to trust you, right? That's a pretty good, pretty good rule. Yeah. But I, I think to be you know completely honest with you, this is the time of year where I start figuring that stuff out. We're 50 days from the draft. So I have my grades on players based on tape. And we're coming yeah. out combine data is there for the most part, even though most people didn't do anything. So you, you start to put that piece of the puzzle together. So you've got film, you've got athletic ability. Now it's okay. Who are the people in this draft? You know, who are the red flags, medical, who are the red flags, maybe character work ethic. You know, you, you try to, to figure that out just the same as if I worked in an NFL front office. So next 50 days are all about learning who these guys are in terms of, you know, there's people character and there's football character. And, and you know, this yep. very well, it's trying to figure out, you know, exactly who's who right now. 
it's amazing how quickly you can figure that out once you've been around a little bit and you talk to the guys, you can figure out what makes them tick and what makes what makes them go. And even as rookies, you're gonna be like, I don't know about this guy. I don't know if yeah. this guy's gonna be here in a couple of years, the things that he's talking about now that he's here. And lo and behold, a couple of those guys, even second, third round picks, not gonna yep. put anybody on blast, but it, it's very that, obvious to see. Do you wanna be a football player or do you wanna play football? There's a difference. Mm-hmm. You want to be a football player, you're going to get rich, you're going to get Instagram followers, you're going to get girls. You want to play football, it's because you love the game and you can't imagine doing anything else. And that's what you're looking for, right? You're Ultimately, you're looking for people who want to play football, not be football players. And feel free to steal that if you're listening. But when you're watching on Sundays, on Saturdays, whenever it is, I I think you can tell a difference. I mean, I coached high school football and you could tell guys who wanted to be on the football team and guys who wanted to play football. And I want guys who want to play football. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different ways to where I always say, do you like the game of football or do you like that you're good at football? Do you like being the biggest, baddest athlete on the planet or on your team or on the field? All of a sudden you step on a field with another one of those guys and some guys it's not quite as fun. <laughs> so right. Absolutely. Uh, you got to sort through those things. But Matt, before you let you go, I know just got one more minute and one last question here, but I want to give you a chance to talk about the player that you actually plugged last night in North Dakota State's Christian Watson, who you have mocked, um, could change 12 times between now and the draft. I'm sure Probably it will, will. Yeah. especially through free agency. But what is it that you like about Christian Watson and how would he fit the Chiefs? Well, I think he's a unique player. He's six foot four, 210 pounds. And there were times he was lining up in the backfield or taking handoffs. So when I watched North Dakota state, it was just, they wanted the ball in his hands. You know, it was, how can we get Christian the ball? Uh, but to be six foot four and run, you know, I think four, three, nine at the combine. Some four, I don't remember the official time now, but it's elite athleticism on a frame that is very different from what the chiefs have. So you look at, you know, Byron Pringle's a free agent. Marcus Robinson's a free agent. We've talked so much about they don't necessarily need someone to step in and be a wide receiver one right now, but they do need a weapon. And so I think with Watson, you're getting somebody who's a little bit better in the red zone because of size than what has been on the roster. I think he's much more consistent than some of the secondary receivers that have been on the roster, but you're still getting that threat of speed. And that is so important in this offense. So a lot of, there's been a lot of demand for bigger wide receivers, you know, Pat needs weapons in the red zone, but they, they want speed so much that it's been rare to find someone that actually gives you both. But I, I do think Watson does. And last thing I'll say before we let you go, and uh, getting a chance again, thank you to Jack Stack Barbecue, our presenting sponsor. No, you're a huge fan of Jack Stack and all the good barbecue in Kansas City. But if you are out there, whether you live in Kansas City or you live outside of the Kansas City metro, Jack Stack's got you covered at shipjackstackbbq.com. They will take care of you, dry ice that stuff to you, and it tastes just as good if you go to any of the seven locations around Kansas City. We've got happy hours set up between four and six Monday through Friday with all kinds of good specials. Uh, but Matt, when talking about wide receivers in Kansas city, you know, as well as anyone that it's the mental acuity to understand route combinations and concepts. If you're going to join the Kansas city Chiefs, So when it comes to people out there listening and mocking players to the chiefs, and I know it, it's, it's a hard part of the evaluation for people on the outside to kind of get answers to, but when the Chiefs call plays, a lot of times it is not a route. It is a you go line up, you see where everybody is, and that determines what you, your responsibility is on that play. And so that puts a lot mentally on these players to understand not just their role, but how they fit right. into the giant scheme. So if, if receivers may be really talented, great athletes, if they don't understand the game at that level, 
Andy Reid's going to figure it out. Brett Veach is going to figure it out very quickly throughout this process, and they will be written off. They will be crossed off. Be like, he cannot get this. Yeah. So, first question: What did they run in the forty? Second question: How many different <laughs> receiver positions did you play in college? And, yep. <laughs> right, and then go from there. Yep, absolutely. Well, ESPN. NFL draft analyst, Matt Miller, we thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure you will be back soon, but give you a quick chance to plug. What do you have coming up? How can people support the work that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, ESPN, ESPN Plus is where my content um, lives by and large now. I'll be doing a lot of TV for them as well. Hopefully getting back in the podcast space very soon. But best way to support right now, uh, follow on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. People aren't already. And then when you see that link come through on an article, click it and check it out. I'll be doing a lot of mock drafts player scouting reports, uh, reporting on free agency. So it's, it's kind of allowed me to do a lot of new things that I'm pretty excited about. Awesome. Well, anybody who's been following us, following me knows, knows your name at least. And then we sit down and we talk a few times each year and we've been doing that for the last decade. So uh, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Hopefully we can see each other soon, go grab a beer at Boulevard or something and uh, all always, that, but always down for that. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll have more content throughout this week. And as the Chiefs get closer to free agency, we appreciate all your support, not just for our Chiefs content, but everything we have going on at KC Sports Network. Just launched our Kansas City Royals <laughs> channel. Hopefully that means there's baseball impending here in the future. A lot of cool stuff uh, with the KU channel um, coming up as well, including that live show tomorrow down at the College Basketball Experience with Tyshawn Taylor and maybe Sharon Collins. Uh, could be joining us depending upon that weather, but should be a lot of fun. Matt Miller, we appreciate it, man, and we will see everybody soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.